Welcome to the Scouting Report Podcast. My name is Peter, and this is my co-host Jacob. How's it Hello. going? It's uh, going pretty good. It's Saturday. Um, we get to talk about arguably the greatest NBA prospect in a decade in LaMelo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Anyway, continue. Anyways, this is our first episode of the 2020 draft season, and we figured why not start out with the most hyped prospect of the draft, LaMelo Ball. Um, I'm kind of hoping that you're going to be able to play devil's advocate here because <laughs> I, I think we need a little variety here, and I don't think I'm going to be providing it. Yeah, um, I'll do my best. As you know, I didn't watch a very good game, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But um, I can at least start out by giving you giving you some background information on him. Um, then the people can kind of look at those stats. So as we mentioned, we're covering LaMelo Ball today. He's 18. He'll actually be 18 when he gets drafted, too. His birthday is... August 22nd of 2001, which is, is still pretty shocking to see 2,000 birthdays show up on here, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you better get used to it. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's ugh. Anyway, he's a point guard. He's currently playing for the... Um, do you know how to say the um, name? I- Illawarra Hawks. Okay, I wasn't sure if yeah. I was going to butcher that, so good, good by you. I mean, the, the the announcers it seems like they enunciate a little differently like they kind of yeah. just they kind of just um mumble it oh, almost, okay. it seems like <laughs> like that's how they take care of words like that I don't, I don't really understand it but all right well he's um i found six foot six 180 pounds um he is shooting 38 percent from the field on about 17 attempts per game uh, he's taking about seven threes per game and making 25% of them. He's shooting 72% from the line on four attempts per game, about seven and a half rebounds, seven assists, and 17 points per game. Stats are ir- irrelevant, though, right? I mean, who cares, really? Um, like, <laughs> like, he's a baller, you know? Like, that's all you need to know. Yeah, something like that. Um, um, yeah, like you said, he's a baller. Um, his true shooting percentage is 46, which I haven't seen one that bad, I don't think, other than maybe Cam Reddish last year. I think he was pretty bad. <laughs> um, his offensive rating is 106, about his defensive rating is about 112. So advanced metrics don't love him either. But yeah. like you said, we're here to talk about the tools, not just the stats. Well, what's his team re- or his team's record right now? It's really bad. They're in last. I, I checked yesterday. What's the? You don't know what the their no, I don't. Are. I think though? they only have like three wins or something, but I don't remember specifically. Looking it up right now. Yeah, it's bad. It it's bad though. I'm I'm trying to find it. Hold on. Three. Okay, they're three and nine. Oh, okay. That's yeah, not great. Not what you want to see. No, you'd think with the top five pick on their team, they would be doing a little better. But yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of weird because, like, I know when I was looking through the clips you put together that um, you said, like, the main argument for why he's maybe not doing as well is because his teammates aren't very good. 
but then if you go to like the highlight videos on YouTube, there's a bunch of comments like, just remember that a lot of these guys were being scouted by NBA scouts, and these are real professionals that he's doing this again. <laughs> I, I, I know. I was going to make this point, too. You can't have it both ways. No, no. You can't I have, you can't be it. saying, you can't be saying, oh, his stats are, are bad, but his, you know, that's because he's playing with grown men, and then also say his stats are bad because he has bad teammates. Like his one of his teammates is thirty nine years old. Really? <laughs> he is a middle aged man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he played in he played in the NBA for a couple of years actually, but now he's still playing. Um, I recognized him from two K because he's a six eleven guy that can shoot, and I think I picked him off free agency a few times oh. back in like twenty twelve. Weird flex. So. Okay. <laughs> and he, he actually was one of their better players but but yeah you can't have it both ways you can't say he's playing with grown men but his teammates also suck like yeah. his teammates from what i could see were you know there's good shooting around him and they weren't completely useless by any means i mean they blew a few layups but that happens in any highlight well not not in the highlight reels but any games you watch of these top prospects so yeah, and, like, the way I kind of look at it, too, is, like, how much better would his teammates be if he was playing for, like, a D1 team? Like, if he was playing for, I don't know, what if, what if, he, went, what if he went the same route as his brother and played for UCLA? Are his teammates really going to be that much better than the guys he's playing with? Probably not. Yeah. Because, I mean, most of these MBL guys played – Pretty high levels, something or someone. Yeah, they've been around. I mean, Aaron Brooks was in the NBA. He he's actually, I think he like blew out his Achilles or something. But he was playing in the game that you watched. He Mm -hmm. he was out. He was out in the game I watched because of that. But yeah, and then David Anderson's a former NBA player, and then certainly there's along the league or among the league, there's plenty of NBA talent. Like, I mean, yeah, and like I guess there's another guy, R.J. Hamptons. In both these games that we watched too yes and he's an nba talent so and i guess one way to look at that is he you know actually let's let's do our like talk about our games a little bit first i'll do you want to start or since you did the better game <laughs> well i figured we would just say like break this down pros and cons like what we like and what we don't like about it okay and then we just kind of talk about our games as yeah. we do that okay good idea you like that why are you yelling at me? Um, I guess so then what I was going to say is what could be like an argument for LaMelo here is he is 18 years old. He's got a lot of tools and he's playing in a professional league with really good, maybe not like top flight competition, but very good competition, probably better, as good or better than what he'd be seeing in Division One. I think that's probably one of the stronger arguments for him here. Like he's getting that experience, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I do think the NBL is probably on par with D1 College or so, right around there. It's definitely not, like, worse, I would say. So that is, I guess, yeah, in his favor. He's, I mean, he's playing with grown men. So physic- physically, I guess I could see how that would be tough for an 18-year-old kid who's 180 pounds and 6'6 and still growing into his body. Yeah, and the other thing, too, was, like, I didn't follow him super closely in high school, but I know that the few times I did see clips, it would be like, oh, he scored 90 points, but their offense was literally like 
him waiting at half court for them to get their rebound. He'd come up and take a three or make a layup and then just kind of wait until they got the ball back. So he's probably not super yeah. used to playing in a unit like this, like playing professionally or playing with a, a real team, I guess. The Chino Hills, yeah, the high school team that he's on, I think that can be to blame for a lot of his problems, honestly. Because he, I think he just has really bad habits from that. Yeah, and like... I guess another pro from at least what I was seeing is like there's there's like I said there's some tools there he can he can handle the ball a little bit he makes some really nice passes at times but then there's other moments where it's like he just seems to care more about like the style rather than the result does that make sense Yeah I definitely understand what you're saying he he can't make a two-handed pass has to be one-handed pass. He has to try. He has to do that fake look away thing where he isn't looking away until after he throws the ball. So then they, they call it a no look pass, but it's not actually a no look pass, <laughs> which I hate because it's worth it's worthless. And people go ooh, and it's like he was looking right at the guy. Okay, when he threw it, and he still probably threw it poorly because there's plenty of inaccurate passes he throws. So and yeah, and just. He has a lot of plays that make the crowd go, ooh, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't really pay off very many. Well, to be fair, those New Zealand games are lit. <laughs> I I don't know if they always have been, but certainly in a game where R.J. Hampton is facing Lamelo Ball, they definitely showed up. I don't know yeah. if the crowds always are that filled, but they definitely were. <laughs> For this game, so and I don't know if you noticed it, but in the game that um I watched at least, like every at the, um R.J. Hampton's team must have been the home team because every time they make a three or uh, like a nice basket, a bunch of smoke would like shoot out the top of the hoop. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Well, I they loved it. they um for in my game for some reason they just kept like the Hawks just kept following, even they were, they're down 10 points. And then like, there's three seconds left and someone kept following him. Um, And then, and then he shot free throws and they got to 90, the other team. And I guess at 90 points, they give away free junior whoppers to everybody. (laughs) So like, so everyone got junior whoppers all because the Hawks just kept following, even when they're down 10 points with three seconds left. Like, so it's a fun experience, though. I can like honestly, I was impressed by the games because, like, if you watch, if you compare this with like the European highlights that we we've watched, mm-hmm. it's like it's like night and day. Like the European highlights just are not the, very full in the stands, and then you watch this and they're packed. So. Yeah, like the European ones that we watch a lot kind of remind you of like like a G League game almost. Like there's uh, there's kind of yeah. a crowd and people are kind of excited, but not really coming out in full where but yeah these yeah these this felt really... more like a yeah like a good college experience yeah. if you went to like a d1 game anyway that was kind so. of our little aside into uh australian slash new zealand basketball um yeah. i guess kind of another thing we have to talk about is how his shot is because not only does it not look great it also doesn't perform great You're right about that. Um, from what I heard, well, I heard this was a rumor that LeVar Ball, apparently from when they were very young, just was making them shoot three-pointers mm-hmm. on like a, on a 10-foot hoop. 
even when they were like super young. And I think people think that he developed that shooting from the chest motion because he was just heaving them up there because he had no upper body strength back then, of course. So that's possible. I could see how they would get that because it's not a pretty shot and it's it goes really high in the air which isn't always a bad thing but i feel like it leads to some pretty big bounces off the rim and there's not much touch on the shot yeah and it's really like it really like kind of leaves less room for error i feel like on the trajectory well the thing is too like you could probably cuz people have weird shots all the time that work like you look at like malcolm brogdon's got like a pretty low low release shot but it's really good because he's honed it really well. Whereas his, it's like, not only is he shooting it from the chest, but his like feet are like where they go when he shoots is really inconsistent. He doesn't get like any elevation on his shots either, which I mean, like I can't blame him because I have a really, <laughs> I don't get very high up here yeah. when I shoot, well, but <laughs> it's a little different. And, yeah. And we, we've seen plenty of guards recently who kind of have, that kind of thing like you think of a guard usually they have like a real jump shot but there's guys like eric bloodsell who don't take a big jump yeah brogdon doesn't take a big jump i mean there's it can work and it's not like i didn't see him get blocked on any jump shots so that's good but i mean that's mostly because of his 6'6 size probably but yeah and it's kind of like i put in my notes it doesn't look good the only like saving grace for it is that it's at least quick and he can get it off if he just gets enough space, but he has to be able to make it. And I don't know. It's, I feel like we do this all the time where, Oh, it's projectable. And then you, they think like, as he gets to the NBA, it's suddenly going to get better. And I feel like it doesn't happen nearly as much as people think it does. Like why, if you're a bad shooter at one level, is it suddenly going to be better at the next level? I think it all most of it comes down to just whether they take them. I feel like, and like he takes them, so people are like, "Oh, he's a shooter." But you know, it's it's like when Giannis was younger, and he didn't take them, and he was afraid to take them. Then he was like, "People are like, oh, he's not a shooter." But if he had just taken as many as Lamelo Ball does, I feel like people would just be like, "Well, he could shoot it. He's not afraid to." Right. He needed. Yeah, you're right. He's taking almost seven attempts per game. But if you're yeah. not making even 30% of them, is that really helping your team? I guess you could argue he's spacing the floor a little bit and changing like the geometry of the court, but I, I just feel like at some point you have to be able to make them at a decent clip. Because like even, like even look at guys like, like Eric Bledsoe, who he's a okay shooter, he's not great, but I kind of, where am I going with this? Like, um, you just need well, I mean, you need to de- be in the low thirties at the at the right, because otherwise they're just going to ignore you, even if you are taking a ton a ton of yeah. them per game. It's worth it to let them miss three out of four shots, right? Yeah. Like give up three points on four possessions. It's kind of, like, that's it's kind of like the Bucks' whole like defensive strategy almost is to kind of funnel it to those guys that are like supposed to be shooters, but they're not very good shooters, and so. You're going to take them making two of them, but they're going to miss six of them. Yeah. I th- I just, I mean, we can always compare him with Lonzo because he's his brother and everything. And Lonzo's shot hasn't translated at all to the NBA. No. I think, well, this this season, isn't he, isn't he doing better? I saw he re- like changed his shot. I, think, I didn't see these yeah, percentages. Yeah, I'll look him up, but I know that he, 
actually like got worse when he got to the NBA because then he wasn't even making his free throws. Well, he was a good three shooter in college. He shot forty yeah. percent. So that's the difference between me, Lamelo, and him. Like, how how are we supposed to make Lamelo? Like, I get why Lonzo was a top. Well, the five thing too with because of what he. Sorry, go ahead. You can, go ahead. <laughs> Um, well, Lonzo too was oh, like, no, like he was a really good defender, and he still is. Whereas Lamelo, I guess we can kind of get into his defense yeah. here. It's um, <laughs> remember last year. I don't know if you're gonna remember this, but last year, almost probably a year ago, we talked about John Moran, and you said you're like you're like yeah. he does this thing that I don't see very often, where he changes speeds on defense, and that's literally exactly what Lamelo does. Yeah, he just runs. He just like walks around, and then yeah, maybe he'll like if he sees an opportunity, he'll speed up. But he's just he doesn't have the intensity that you would want the entire possession. Yeah, and it's like he's a big guard, and it look I don't know I couldn't find anything on his wingspan, but it looks like he's got a long wingspan. So in theory, he should be able to at least defend guards really well, even maybe some smaller wings. He, he just but, doesn't have quick like feet. Said, that too. But, like, he also just doesn't try. Like, yeah. he just walks around. He spends so much time just walking around with his arms down, yeah. like, looking well, his, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's just, like a, like, a thing, like, he just looks like that, but it doesn't show up, like, at all either. Like, some guys look disinterested that they're actually trying, but I don't think that's the case here. Yeah, like Kawhi. Looks disinterested, but is giving a lot of effort, and he's he's also just smarter. Right. But but then there's guys like T.J. Wilson who you're like looks disinterested. I mean, he's maybe that's not the right example anymore. But that's the kind of guy I would compare, like body language wise. That's kind of what Lamelo Ball reminds me of. It's a guy like T.J. Wilson, where you, you just well, T.J. at least tries. He's just kind of a goober. Yeah, but. <laughs> I mean, maybe James Harden. I, know I don't know. <laughs> there are certain guys, yeah, who just look so – they just want to get the ball back on offense, and that's it. Yeah. They don't have – they don't yeah. take any pride in being part of the effort to do that. <laughs> they kind of just are like – Maybe like Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, kind of like that, yeah, like where he just knows he's not going to do much. But the difference is Trey Young is so limited physically, and Lamelo Ball isn't. Exactly. And like, so it kind of almost makes it worse because, like – Trey Young, even if he was giving max effort, probably isn't going to do a whole yeah. lot. Whereas if Lamelo even gave like seventy five percent effort on the on the defensive end, he could be a really good defender, at least like a passable one. Well, yeah, and like you know, you're talking about how he has tools. Well, one of his tools is being six six with a presumably big wingspan, but that only yeah. matters <laughs> if he can use it, <laughs> and he doesn't use it yeah. for anything. I mean, he uses it, I guess, to get his shot off. But the shots don't go in, so it's like, okay, at least he's not getting blocked. But if a shot goes doesn't go in, it doesn't matter. And then on defense, yeah, he's just – I mean, they hit him in the corner. I don't know about your – I guess I didn't watch the defensive highlights in your game, but in my game, they did – I would say like 75% of possessions, he was just standing in the corner on a guy. He didn't really have to do much. Yeah, they – they definitely tried in my game as well to kind of put him off the ball on like a guy that wasn't going to do a whole lot. Yeah, well, which is fine. It's but fine like, if you yeah, you want more. It's time. fine if you need that guy on the court for offense, but he's he's not helping right. your offense either. <laughs> the only like he definitely isn't helping as a shooter, but he can 
he can pass it. The issue is he tries too hard to make that flashy pass, kind of like you were talking about. Because, like, if you watch some of his passes, they are really good passes. Like, he finds guys as they're coming open and stuff like that. Yeah, he he does make some good passes. I'll give you that. Yeah, but he, other times, like, in the game that you had, he's, like, driving into the lane and he just whips it behind his head and there's nobody there. So it's like, what are you doing? He literally (laughs) sailed that basic uh, post pass. Like, he was just passing to a guy posted up in the post. And he just sails it over his head. And the guy wasn't even, like, mm-hmm. getting bumped really that much. Like, it wasn't his fault. It was LaMelo's fault. And it's just like, just, I don't know how you missed that pass. It, like, anyone could make that pass. Yeah, I know. And then that's exactly it. The issue isn't so much that he isn't able to be a good passer, because he is. It's that he he has, like, these lapses where he's like, oh, I have to do something cool now. And then he does something stupid. Yeah, it's like he's going through his head and he's like thinking about what will make the highlight reel as he's playing. <laughs> and it might be something just kind of like you mentioned before where he wasn't used to like playing more of like a team-based game when he was in high school. So this is kind of a new experience. But I guess then the question becomes like, is he going to grow out of that or be able to be trained out of that? Or is this just kind of who he is? Yeah, and that's why people like Lonzo more because he's much more of a team player. Like he, he really, he's not a ball stopper like Lamelo is. Right. Oh, to answer your question from before, uh, Lonzo's shooting thirty-seven percent from three See? this year. All right, there you so, go. Not bad. Yeah. And he's shooting, shooting seventy-one percent on free throws after shooting forty-two percent last year. Forty-two. That is. That's, that's a point quite guard. a. Cl- that's, that's quite bad. a glow up. Thirty percent difference in a game. Yeah, should have, uh, have Giannis take the same uh, advice here. Although he's shooting better on free throws now, knock on wood. I mean, he, so he, he never shot play. 42% at least. No, that's like Shaq level. Yeah, that, like, that's terrible. That's bad for a center, yeah. So You mean a guard? Oh, oh I'm, I, I'm saying it would be bad for even a center, yeah, even if he were. It would be bad for anybody. Yeah. That's like, I think Will Chamberlain shot something like that from free throws. <laughs> yeah, that's what, like... Clint Capella shoots. So, uh, anyway, he's better now. Yeah. He's doing better this year. So good for him. <laughs> um, so we're supposed to be talking about what we the pros of him, what we like about him. We've kind of faded from that a bit, but I guess to to sum up a point here, he is a talented passer. Yep. Uh, he has tools. Six six. Yep. He's probably got a long wingspan. Is there anything else? Um, uh, let's see, he, what's something like a, like an analyst would say here, maybe like, he's not afraid to take a big shot. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's got the, he's got the killer instinct. Is it really a killer instinct though? If you don't make the shot? (laughs) I mean, he's, he might kill someone in the stands with these, with these bad, uh, bounces off the rim, but. Uh, like in my game it got pretty out of control near the end and like his last like three shots were just like oh we're down big i'm gonna try to make a three here and he just missed them all so that i can kind of like forgive him for because they were just trying to like put some points up really quick but i mean he shot even before that i think he was like 
two for nine or something like that, two for five from three, and then he missed two and was two for seven. That was actually one of his better three-point games, actually, two for seven from three. It's better than one for 11. Oh, God, yeah, I saw that one. (laughs) I was was just like, please stop shooting, man. Please stop. (laughs) It's so bad. What do you think of him as a rebounder? I mean, obviously he's big, but do you he's think not like... a he's not a special rebounder. Okay, don't let the numbers fool you. No, I was like sure. there's there is like one or two rebounds in my game out of his uh, I think eleven that were actually like contested. He had to work for it. There, other than that, it's just it's the whole reason triple doubles are overrated because. Most rebounds aren't actually tough, okay? If they were tough, a center would a center would be getting them. But you know? Yeah. Um a guard would be getting them. Because I kind of felt the same way. I feel like a lot of his rebounds are more just a product of opportunity. But Yeah. They're, I mean they're really not I wouldn't make that a plus in his camp. Like no. It's not I like guess, he's affecting the game that way. I guess like really, really if you really squinted, you could be like, Well, he's big, he's got a long wingspan. He could be a good rebounder if he really committed himself to it but will he See, i just don't here, i don't really is, care if a guard is a good rebounder though that's just the thing because yeah. like, they don't need to be it's not their position it's just stealing true. rebounds away from somebody else usually how dare you how dare you <laughs> defile the good rebounding numbers of russell westbrook well yeah even at jason kidd game. <laughs> great rebounder jason kidd uh, love it anyway Jason Kidd, so sad. Um, I know. Yeah, thank God. Although the Lakers are doing pretty well, but I guess he's not technically our like the head coach yet. Um, do you have any other? I was trying really hard to find some pros here, but um, it really, it really just comes down to like effort and willing to learn. And I just don't know. I don't know enough about him from like like personally but judging by the fact that he's been playing for this team for a couple months now and hasn't really shown any significant improvement i don't know like how well even like a good coach would be able to like bring out these tools you know what i'm saying i just i think he's kind of in a t- i mean i want to be clear i don't think i don't hate the play well i'm trying to think I'm sure he's a nice person, and, like, he didn't really ask for all this fame, so it's kind of, it's not, yeah, it's kind of unfair, because he's just in this family, and they got, you know, they kind of blew up on these YouTube pages where everyone was obsessed with them, because three brothers all playing on the varsity team at their high school, and then the first one's, like, actually, like, a legitimately talented prospect, he goes to UCLA, gets drafted top five. So then everyone's like, oh, the next two are going to be great, too. And then the second guy, everyone, of course, thought, oh, well, all the casual fans are like, oh, he's going to get drafted for sure. It, it, you know, everyone needs a shooter like him. It's like, just because he takes the shots, he's not really actually a good shooter. <laughs> and then he goes undrafted, and people are like, what happened? And now LaMelo Ball, he fits the profile more because he's six six actually. But he just doesn't seem to have... He doesn't seem to be able to back up, back it up like his brother Lonzo yeah. was able to. Yeah, and kind of what how I summed it up after I watched all these videos was, I see what people like. I see that they look at the tools, and he's really young, 
but we always talk ourselves into this. There's these guys with the tools and the potential, but unless he really like shows some more substance as opposed to style, I just don't think you can justify making him a top five pick. Like I'm fine with him being drafted. I just don't. If you you're sitting there and you're, yeah, you're I guess you have the number one pick. You're the Knicks. Oh God, imagine him on the Knicks. Um, <laughs> I hope that happens actually. And this was going to be an, for another point I would make is that the Knicks haven't shown any ability to develop talent. Like, look at Kristaps Porzingis, Frank Nilakina, and RJ Barrett now. They're all either the same or worse than when they got drafted. It'd be one thing. I mean, Porzingis did really start to come on right before he tore his ACL. Like, that's, that's part of that season that he's playing. He was at, like, legitimate all star. But he hated the so. team so much that he literally asked to be traded. Yeah, I know. I'm just, and yeah, no one knows that you can attribute that to yeah the Knicks like his improvement. He might have just got comfortable and just developed like on his own. But yeah, my my point was just like they haven't shown any like especially lately any ability to take like a raw prospect and turn them into something better. Like if he went if he went to like the Warriors, that could be interesting. But again, if you're sitting there in the top five and you need a guy that's going to be able to become the face of your franchise, are you going to take a guy that is shooting 25% from three and 37% from the field? I, I just, I don't think you can justify it, in my opinion. See, what I don't, okay, I don't get, I get why maybe he was the top prospect to start the season before anyone saw him play. Mm-hmm. But why has he not dropped? He's gone up. <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any sense. You should like he's exposing himself on a weekly or biweekly basis. How many games they play a week? Why is he not? Why is that not affecting his draft stock negatively? It doesn't make any sense. No, I agree. I don't. I don't understand it either. Like it's fine if he's he is a draft prospect. I will say that. I think that there's enough flashes that you can talk yourself into drafting him. But I don't know how he keeps moving up these draft boards when he's turning in performance after performance that's just flaming piles of garbage. He's had two yeah. two games I would consider good, and they were against the same team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two two like decent games out of twelve, essentially. Yeah. And that's and, not and the rest have been awful, like inefficient and, volume shooting. And like I like you were kind of saying before, it, it's not necessarily his fault that he has all this attention. It's and we don't I don't. I want to make clear we don't hate him as a person. We're just saying no. we don't understand what why this is happening. He could, he could turn it around after this podcast and have six great games in a row, and I would come back and say, you know what, I was wrong. But as of this moment on December seventh at one fifty four p.m. Central Time, I do not understand how you can justify making him a top five pick. Yeah, I. I mean, he is kind of in a tough spot because. It's like people expect him to be a star. So it's like it's almost like he can't change his style of playing at this point. He's like already too far into it. That's true. You know? Yeah. It's like if he if he took a backseat role and was just kind of just kind of tried to like, I don't know, get ten assists or like fifteen assists every game and, and shoot only when he's like wide open, people would probably be like, What's going on? Yeah, that's true. If he like just focused on becoming more of a playmaker and maybe like improving his outside shot a little bit, that could really be helpful. But like you said, he already has. It's kind of like what you used to say to us 
<laughs> when um, I don't remember what the situation was, but you're like, you guys made this mold for me. Now I have to fill it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, when he scored 92 points in high school, like it, it was set. After that, he had to be this amazing basketball player. And that, uh, I think it's what leads him to try these, you know, these isolations where he's like trying to be Allen Iverson. I mean, he's just not. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't work. Um, but I think we've covered, you know, how we feel about him pretty well. We probably could move a little bit. We kind of touched on this already, but kind of talk about where where he is going to be drafted currently and what team maybe would be good for him and what team would be bad for him. So I don't know if you want to take the lead on this. Well, one. can we just talk about his athleticism first? <laughs> sure. So he's not a good athlete. No. He's like a, he's like an average athlete. Yeah. He's, but he's not he's not explosive. So it's another thing where it's like, yeah, he's six seven, but if you're not gonna be explosive at six seven, you're it's probably just gonna slow you down more than if you were just six two or something. I guess the only, like, defense I can make for that, and I don't know if this is a thing even, but, like, he probably grew pretty recently and still getting used to being so big. I don't know if it's, like, possible he be- could become, like, less awkward as he gets older, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he, might, he might become less, yeah, he might have better body control later on, but I don't think he's going to, like, get more bouncy. Oh, no, but, I would agree. But, but yeah, like, I, one thing I said was, like, I think – the only chance I could see him actually living up to his potential is like if he becomes kind of like a herky jerky Harden type player where he can draw a lot of fouls and has like really good body control and plays at his own pace. Yeah. And he does not show any signs of ever being able to do that. So, <laughs> but that's like, that's what he would have to do to like make his body work for him at the NBA level. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you there. He definitely have to. He's not a like a very above the rim kind of a player, is what you're saying. He's not. No, and he gets blocked a lot. Just yeah, at the rim he does. Yeah, and at six six, like that's another thing. Like at six six, you should be able to finish better in the paint. Yeah, it's like, well, does he do that? No. It's like all these check boxes that are supposed to be positives for how tall he is. Like he doesn't check any of them. Yeah, so. it's kind of like, you remember when we talked about Taylor Horton Tucker last year, and he was big and had this massive wingspan, and then we watched him, yeah. and we're just like, what? what is this? Like, he, he's huge, <laughs> but he can't do anything. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not athletic, though. Like, yeah. he's not explosive. He's just really a genetic freak. Yeah, and that's fine. You can draft a guy for that, but it's kind of like I was saying before, are you really going to just draft a guy because he's big with like long arms and can do like one thing really well yeah it's like it's like if Giannis didn't have didn't move like a point guard yep if he didn't move like a point guard he would just be another 611 center and that'd be it exactly maybe he could be maybe he could be okay at that but he's not you know he's not an MVP yep and then you're more like looking at like a Clint Capella type where like his main skill would be like screening and rolling to the rim and dunking yeah, but since Giannis is really just—he's not only a genetic freak, but he can handle the ball and all that good stuff. That's why, yeah, he's MVP caliber. Sorry, I don't want to get yeah. off on a Giannis tangent here because I'll be gone for the rest of the day. But um. yeah, people know about Giannis. It's not a secret, really. Anymore. Oh man, <laughs> I thought that was just yeah. our little our little secret here in Milwaukee. Still, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he would win MVP then, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, anyways, yeah, let, we could talk about drafts. I think. Do you think he's the first round talent? Like, even lower first round? Because I I don't think I really think that. See, it's hard for me to say because I haven't watched all these other prospects that are projected in the first round yet. It's quite possible that this just isn't a very deep draft, but... Well, that's another thing, though. Look at... Just look at the top ten projected. There's so many guards in here. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Like, there's there's no reason to be... If you want a point guard, like, there's Cole Anthony, there's Nico Mannion, who's been fantastic in Arizona. RJ, uh, RJ Hampton, we should talk about him a little. <laughs> if you want, If you want a taller like raw point guard and in addition playing in the same league just draft rj hampton yeah he's he's so much more explosive than lamel ball plays with such like a better attitude and body language like i don't see any reason why if that's like what you're looking for why would you pick lamel ball over him you know who's gonna draft him if he falls out of like the top five actually even if he could he could stay where he is you know who's gonna draft him the bulls <laughs> just put them just, well just because. i don't know how they, that wouldn't really work but okay because they kind of have two guards already oh but. man imagine him and levine in the backcourt together yeah oh well God. kobe white's just kobe this, white. there's not enough shots to go around between those three yeah that was so. they're, they're gonna do it though they'll just be like well he's got some tools let's just throw him out there sorry i shouldn't crap on the bulls so much so. <laughs> So you so you don't know if you think he's a first round pick? I don't know. I want to say like it's really hard because like you look at his stats and it's like how can you justify this? But you know then like Cam Reddish was a, top, a number ten overall pick and his stats were terrible. He basically kind of got the same deal as Lamelo here. The only reason that he kind of hung around, I feel like, is because he's like, well, he was the third option at Duke. He wasn't used to that, but he's huge and he can shoot, or he is supposed to be able to shoot. Yeah, but I just think he was a better prospect out of high school. Like, yeah, I would agree with you there. Like Lamelo Ball's the difference between what he is and what he's thought of as. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a bigger disconnect out of anybody I've ever looked at as a prospect. Yeah, like just—I honestly just looking at this page, seeing him projected at number one, I feel like I'm in a dream. This does not seem like reality. Well, that's like what I like, like texted you the other the other day, and I was like, I just feel like I'm missing something. Like everyone loves him, and I don't. It's like there's got to be yeah. something I'm not understanding. And given we've only been doing this podcast for a year now, so maybe I am not a perfect analyst yet. If you look at my big board from last year, you know that I'm not perfect. But it just doesn't <laughs> make sense to me at all to put Lamelo Ball hey, number one. Hey, you had Brand, you had Brandon Clark at like number three, right? Yeah, that was my big win, so, but I also had so there you go. number six or eight or something, and I don't think he played <laughs> yet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't win them all, but at, at least we – I don't – I just can't picture a world where I I trash ball on this podcast and then he just proves me wrong. I just don't see a, a chance of that. This is, like this, this is like this season's Romeo Langford, except Romeo Langford wasn't like a top five pick. Yeah, it's like if Romeo Langford was the number one pick. And honestly, I think Romeo Langford showed more than Lamelo Ball. Yeah, he did. So. 
Now we don't need to get sidetracked on Romeo Langford. At least he can <laughs> shoot at a, uh, at a semi-proficient level. Yeah, and he could defend and stuff. But anyway, yeah, I think he did other stuff. With getting back to the team that could draft him, I think he really needs to go to a team with a good, like a good foundation and a good coach. So, like, not the Knicks. The Warriors yeah. are interesting because then in that situation, he could potentially just drop in as like a like a sixth man or somebody coming off the bench behind Curry and Clay. That could be interesting. I mean, he's probably their best chance, or his they are probably his best chance. But I just, I just don't see how he shows up in the NBA plays like he's been playing and gets any playing time you know like, i mean there's just yeah i'm, a, I'm a he's great. not gonna get the keys to an offense like he's getting on on the hawks like right just, i agree with you i'm just trying to think of what would be the best situation for him to succeed yeah well i just yeah the problem is if he's picked so high there's gonna be even higher expectations too i mean yeah. he's i mean anywhere he gets picked he's probably gonna have some pretty high expectations just because of his name and how many people are obsessed with him but at least if he's like a second round pick, people will be like, okay, you know, he they won't freak out if he's not getting playing time. Yeah, I just, it would be like really like a nightmare if he went to a team like the Knicks that has such a, like an unsteady culture and coaching or like, let's see what else we have here. Like the, well, I guess the Wizards have kind of been okay this year. Or like the Bulls with Jim Boylan. Yeah. Or the Hornets. Yeah, even the Hornets. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be good. If, like, the Cavs, they hate their coach now. Like, something like that would just be terrible. I feel like that would really turn him into, like, an Anthony Bennett situation where he'd just be out of the league in, like, two years. What if they, what if the Pelicans draft him? Hmm. <laughs> I don't... Pair him with the brothers. Yeah. I can see LeVar trying to push for that. Yeah, I, I guess. I just don't really know where he would fit there, but No, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. There's a, I mean, I don't I don't think he fits anywhere. That's the thing. <laughs> so I mean we might as well make it fun at least. I suppose you got you got me there, but um <laughs> Did you think of any like NBA comps for him? I thought of one that might work, so I was wondering what you thought. I really couldn't think of anything. I've never really seen anything like it. The only thing I could think of is like, remember like Rondo? Well, actually, Rondo after he's actually back about defense. Yeah, but the difference is Rondo doesn't shoot like six threes a game. Oh no, I'm just saying like from a, seven, seven threes. from a shooting ability and a passing ability and everything. That was like what I thought of was like, if, he'd be like, yeah, he'd be like a. Um, what's it called? He'd be like a chucking Ron Rondo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That. Like li- past prime chucking Rondo. That's what I was saying. Like That's... after he left the Celtics, Rondo, <laughs> yeah. when he stopped caring about defense, he still doesn't shoot very yeah. well, but he can pass really well, but he doesn't really do much else. Yeah. You know, I did think of somebody, Michael Carter Williams. See, he is <laughs> a less, he's honestly like a great value, Michael Carter Williams. That's how sad it is. See, like, I was going to say that, but I feel like I've made that comparison to too many people, and I didn't want want to lose credit. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, that's probably the closest thing I can think of, so. Yeah. He's like Michael Carter-Williams 
if you have even less of like a conscious or conscience. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. It's just, this is just sad. Yeah. I'm sorry. Would, so do you think, is there any, I just, do you, do you think maybe like, this is conspiracy theory here. Maybe, maybe these mock draft sites just are putting them so high to get clicks, you know, just like all the highlight video uh, channels on YouTube who just put one little ball, you know, pops off at this game and, and he's, you know, they only show the highlights and they don't show that he shot one for seven or one for 11 on threes and 10 for 28 overall, <laughs> you know, like maybe they're just doing this to drive traffic to their sites. And then once we get around draft time, actually, like what, what would happen if all season he's projected like top five and then we get to the draft time and all the GMs aren't idiots and just don't draft him. Um, like that could honestly happen, and then people would just be like, "Yeah, this, the draft sites just were going off of what like the general public was thinking." You know, it's not the dumbest theory I've heard. I just don't want to believe it. <laughs> I just hope that happens because then I'll feel a little less crazy. I guess you got that, but like, I just want to believe that these sites have more integrity than that. You know what I'm saying? You well, you think so, but at the same time, like. They're basing this off of like nothing, really. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> like it's not like they have huge intel saying, "Oh, these top ten bottom teams in the NBA are saying this about this guy." Like I don't think NBA, I don't think Tagathon has that information. Yeah, I mean, so. it's like I said, it's not the dumbest theory I've ever heard. I just, it could be, no, yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna let you roll with that. You you believe it. We'll see what happens. We'll keep this right. one alive. That's that's just what I hope <laughs> happens. I just if we get to to June twenty twenty and he's and he just gets drafted top five, I'm just gonna lose my mind. It doesn't make any sense. Unless, unless he starts I mean look, maybe he could start playing better. Right. He's I I don't know how long the season goes in New Zealand, but I'm sure he has plenty of games left to turn it around. I just don't think he I think he is what he is yep so. I agree it's like I said earlier if he went on a stretch right after this and just took off and I would be like you know what you were wrong you just needed some time to get used to it but I just like like you said I don't see that happening yep all right all right so do you have a troll of the leak or no I did have one Um, it was actually from the scouting report Twitter account. So I was watching James Heisman, sorry, James Heisman, James Wiseman highlights on, um, yeah. I believe it was the Draft Express page. And I don't know if you've seen Memphis's court, but it's like powder blue everywhere, except for like in the paint, it's a different color. So it's kind of trippy to watch it when you first see it. And so I made a yeah. comment as like a joke. I was like, too distract because and there was multiple people that like commented like this court is stupid, blah blah blah. So I commented and I said, Court was too distracting, couldn't focus on the highlights. And then someone commented back, <laughs> Okay, boomer. 
I feel like that's what people are going to comment back to this podcast, too. Okay, Boomer. Just trashing trash Lamelo. they'll just be like, okay, Boomer. I don't know if okay, Boomer has like, uh, made it over to our typical audience in the Philippines, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably not, I guess. All right, guys. Once you, uh, once you hear this over in the Philippines, go look up okay, Boomer, and then, then you'll understand the joke we're making here. <laughs> yeah. Comment on our Twitter page, okay, Boomer, if you can. <laughs> That's all I had though. But yeah, I see. Yeah, you've been posting pretty regularly on there, so yeah, yeah. I've been trying to prospects last year. Yep, I've been trying to at least post like the three major categories who let in them the night before. Um, the last yeah. couple weeks I've kind of fallen behind because I've been actually doing a lot of work at work, so that's kind of distracted from <laughs> my prospect watching. But yeah. I try to at least update it regularly. It's been a been a lot of Eric Pascal. Yeah. Um, notices he's getting so. he's getting some numbers he it's kind of like i said earlier he could be like a draymond green light and i think that's what they're really trying to make him into yeah uh, i mean he has the body court so yeah. um so yeah i guess this, yeah this is the first episode of the new season um who do you want to who do you want to look at next time um i mean james wiseman's the next one i don't know if you want to do like another guard or something Probably should give it a little time after this one, <laughs> just because I don't want to. I don't want to spend the whole time just comparing the two. All right. Well, we could do James. So, Wiseman. Uh, so James, yeah, James Wiseman works. He's having some big numbers. Um, yeah, he is a he's a specimen. That's for he sure. Is. So, so yeah, follow us on Twitter at at uh, Scouting Report. Uh, send us emails at scoutingreport at gmail dot com. Or actually, just scouting report at gmail.com. Um, wait, is the Twitter the scouting report or just scouting report? I think report? it's just scouting report. Let me take a quick look. Okay. I think, I think it is. Oh. Um, we have. Yep, at scouting report. How many followers do we have? Seven. <laughs> I think one of them is right. <laughs> Yeah, one of them is my sister, too. So, and she doesn't even, I don't think, listen to the podcast. She just wanted to support. So. Oh, yeah. Danielle, uh, my fiance, follows us as well. So, <laughs> well, shout out to those other four people that actually <laughs> don't know us and maybe our bot accounts, even, but at least they don't know us. They just follow hey, on their own. Hey, Alex Radke follows us. He knows us. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I plugged it on my Twitter and he went and followed us. So, oh, shout nice. out to Alex if you're listening. Yeah, you're the real MVP. Um, all right. So yeah, I'll see you next time then. See Bye. Ya.